0: The landscape for entrepreneurship has opened up. The landscape for distributed workforce has really opened up. So I, I think what we've seen is people move away from cities. We'll see people move back towards cities now that the pandemic seems to be easing. Select city.
1: Hello, humans. Welcome to the Select CT podcast, where we talk about the digital media landscape in Connecticut. I'm David DeRoche. I run the podcast program at Quinnipiac University. And this podcast is a production of Digital Media CT in partnership with Quinnipiac, the University of Connecticut, and the Connecticut Office of Film, Television, and Digital Media. Today, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, which in the era of the pandemic seems to be more important than ever. And here to talk about what this climate is like is, let me try that last line again. Here to talk about what this climate is like in Connecticut is David Noble. He's director of the Peter J. Worth Institute for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at UConn. He's also an associate professor in residence at UConn School of Business. David, welcome to Select CT. Thank you for uh, reaching out and including me in this conversation. Absolutely, definitely an important thing to be talking about today, as uh, jobs seem to be all over the place being lost in some industries, gained in others. So we're going to talk about entrepreneurship specifically in the digital media space, uh, but. You know, looking over your bio, I, I, I came across something that was really interesting. A class that you teach, The Business of blockchain, which is somebody who can geek out over NFTs and Bitcoins. I could spend the rest of this podcast talking about that, but obviously, this is not about that. But maybe I could do another podcast to talk about that stuff. Would you be up for that? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. In the meantime, let's talk about starting a business in CT. And before we get into that, I just want to lay out a few stats for our listeners that there's some stuff that I came across. When I was on the state's economic and community development webpage, I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, you know, Some of our listeners probably already know this, but uh, ESPN was started in Bristol by an entrepreneur in 1979. And the Subway Sandwich chain was founded by an entrepreneur here in 1965. And I also thought this stat was pretty cool. Connecticut inventors have 51% more patents per capita than the national average. So that was pretty neat. Um, Connecticut ranks number ten in private venture capital deals per capita in the United States. Uh, we're number four in the United States for private research and development investment per capita. And just a quick side note: it, it Connecticut's economy it was actually the fourth fastest growing of all states last year, which says a lot since you know that was uh, the year of the pandemic. So, just in within that framework, now that we kind of have a just some brief bullet points about the status of entrepreneurship, the status of the economy in Connecticut. Tell us about the status of entrepreneurship in Connecticut and what it's like for a young person trying to start a business here in the state.
0: Entrepreneurship in Connecticut is something that's growing in importance to the economy. Uh, After 2007, 2008, uh, Connecticut's economy didn't rebound as quickly as the rest of the nation. So, Politically and economically, uh, the forces of uh, growth started to look to entrepreneurship and started to move it further and faster investment opportunities, the growth of Connecticut Innovations as, a, as, as the state uh, investment arm, the uh, focus on UConn and other universities like Quinnipiac across the, the state to be able to drive more students into these spaces. And finally, I would say around workforce development, which is particularly uh, important for the audience here uh, to this podcast, around digital media and, and growing that space.
1: So tell us about that digital media space. What have you seen in that industry in Connecticut, uh, sort of growth in specific areas within digital media? What's the what's the status of that specific industry like here in in Connecticut?
0: So it's growing uh, rapidly and it's growing in importance and scale and scope. You mentioned uh, the growth of ESPN from from the outset in the 70s, but also bringing in large companies like the ITV, like the Wheelhouse, uh, you know, I think NBC Sports, NBC Universal, all of these folks are coming into the state over the last 10 years and it's, it's changed the needs of the workforce. And what we see are programs like UConn's Digital Media and Design uh, grow, flourish, and now we're starting to see much more entrepreneurial activity in these spaces because they become talent hubs. Uh, and, and that overflow from the corporate
1: activity is, is really important to entrepreneurial growth. So, I want to mention to our listeners that we did interview Danielle Baibo from IETV in last season of Select CT. So, please go check that out. And we also, this, this season, have somebody from The Wheelhouse. So, uh, definitely check that out. And those are two media firms that are located in Stanford. Um, they do reality television and a bunch of other different cool things. So, I know if you are interested in pursuing that career, that's one place to look in Connecticut. Of course, in addition to ESPN and all the other cool things that are happening around the state. David, is this something that is growing? Do you find that there are. Um, people, more people trying to get into, uh, into owning a business? or is there more money available than there are people interested in, in finding a business? Where are we in terms of finding the money to meet the demand to start businesses? Like is, is it pretty balanced or is there do we need more money or do we need more business ideas?
0: We need more all of the above. And I think. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's always that, right? You can't right. blame any one one sector. The I really think that the important next step is starting to multi, you know, increase the cross disciplinarity of students with these skills. I think more non. Digital media students need more digital media skills, and digital media students need more than just the art side of the skill set, right? And so, we're seeing a, a, a pretty good growth specter on self-employed uh, digital media groups. Uh, mind Trust comes to comes to the top of mind. Digital Surgeons. There's a number of agency approaches across the state. Now, I think where we need to go. Uh, into the to, to take it up another level is to be able to start to build community where projects are getting prototyped, getting out there, getting users on them faster um, instead of uh, maybe spinning their wheels, worrying about funding, doing these things. And I, I firmly believe, and if you start to look at my day job at the Worth Institute, that cross-disciplinarity breeds that. We have, you know, a digital media student with a computer science student with a health and human services student, right? And like now you're starting to be able to build product.
1: Right, right. And I, I think you, you touched on two things that are, are, are going to be common themes throughout the season of Select C T, which is the the building the sense of community within the digital media landscape. Like how are people now doing that, especially in the pandemic era where we most of us are working from home? Um, you know, how are we able to build community when we're sort of stuck at home and not really in the office? But also this idea that you know, it doesn't matter how creative you are at a thing. You still need to be able to communicate your ideas. You still need to be able to do other things, sell yourself, sell your ideas. And so, doing more than just the creative stuff is is also pretty important to to be able to to stand out in this industry. So, I'm glad you you picked up on that. So, I want to talk a little bit about nowadays and how it might be different for an entrepreneur since the pandemic has has entered our lives. How do you think that has impacted um, entrepreneurs? I can imagine on one hand, as people lose more jobs, maybe they're willing to take a risk, try something on their own. But then on the other hand, you know, there's a pandemic. So it might be you know super challenging or even scary to do your own thing. What can you tell me about that? What do you how do you think the pandemic has affected this landscape?
0: The landscape for entrepreneurship has opened up. The landscape for distributed workforce has really opened up uh, the the ability to work in many different places. Um we're starting to see, you know, greater digital nomad activity where they just, you know, you just travel around the world and work wherever you feel like working. So I, I think what we've seen is people move away from cities. We'll see people move back towards cities now that the, the pandemic seems to be easing. Entrepreneurially, um, that's creating a lot of fresh activity. Uh, tech. From a, if you're a technology-skilled uh, employee, I don't think you're looking for work right now. I, I, I don't think there's a better market actually to be in. Uh, we, we have a, a disconnect before, between what the workforce needs and what the students we're producing have for skill sets. And so that, that's why there might be
1: a struggle to be employed as well as uh, five million jobs that are not filled. Right, right. And I imagine, you know, to that point of a student wanting to get into the space, additionally, having those business skills or partnering at least with somebody who has those business skills to enter that space, because it's certainly something you would need to do if you want to become an entrepreneur. Um, are we seeing any kind of shift in the kinds of people becoming entrepreneurs? Like, are we seeing more diversity, more people from variety of backgrounds, more young faces? What, what can you tell us about the demographics of people trying to become entrepreneurs these days?
0: So I still think that uh, the, the- The sweet spot for new entrepreneurs is somewhere in that 32 to 42 age group. Um, More young people have become entrepreneurs, uh, but but as a career choice, usually you want to join a business, work for someone, work within an industry, and be able to understand and master that particular industry before you try to solve problems within it. Students starting out, that's a lot like uh, lightning striking. So does it happen? Yes. We have multiple cases at UConn where we have 28-year-olds who are multimillionaires, um, have already built and exited a business. All of that's possible. But the the real sweet spot is that 32 to 42. So we're looking for, we teach, our, at UConn, we're trying to teach our students That what they do today impacts what they do tomorrow and that it's more a strategic approach and more an entrepreneurial vision that they're pursuing as opposed to just one particular startup. We think that creates a lot of diverse talent uh, and, and creates room for people to learn and grow throughout their lifetime. And I think as we, we look at it from that perspective, we've brought more people of color, more women into the space. And I think also uh, from a technological perspective, uh, you know, you're allowing people to develop at, at, at a pace uh, faster by partnering
1: with entrepreneurial firms. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you can answer this, that'd be great. I think it'd be really valuable for our listeners. But do you have an example of a success story with a young person or somebody in that sweet spot, that 32 to 42 range, um, who wanted to start a digital media company in Connecticut and did so and is finding some success or has found success and then has since sold their company or – you know, expanded. What, what is there anything you can that comes to mind? You know, Voxion is one, uh, and, and I think this
0: is a pretty typical uh, type play. They were in the voice technology space. It was it was a little more technology than digital media, but they were building games utilizing Alexa, Google, uh, you know, Google um, and Siri. Uh, kits. And so they were acquired, they built it in Connecticut, they started, they ended up with millions of users of their games, and they were acquired by Volley out of Silicon Valley. Um, Those young men uh, that founded that company, they are roughly 20 years old, and, and now they're engineers in Silicon Valley and product managers. The big differentiator is that they built a product, they, they didn't just take their skills as designers, as computer scientists, and try to do what they wanted to do. They were building a product for users.
1: That is the hardest part to uh, educate students on. Mm. Is that something that um, – building a product specifically, is that something you feel like students gain experience in the real world? Or is it more of an innate skill since it's not – maybe it's harder to teach them? How do you think that, that skill set could be built?
0: Yeah, so that th- I, I couldn't have teed up a better question actually because uh, we we've we're launching in August the Stanford Startup Studio. Uh, it's a cooperative education program. We have two or three designers, two or three computer scientists and engineers, and a few human centric folks uh, in in the in the co-op working full time. That's our goal: is to learn how to teach product. Um, You don't see that. What major? If you wanted to be a product manager, what major do you go into? Do you go into digital media, computer science, marketing? Uh, The answer is you need all of those, right? And so um, that that's where we're we're focused on learning right now is is how to develop
1: that because I think it happens outside of the classroom as opposed to inside of the classroom. So that's really interesting because I imagine that creative people might not see themselves as a product developer, right? They probably see themselves as doing something in the creative space, whether it's, you know, animation or, you know, writing or something like that. Do you feel like there are students who are interested in that product design um, that maybe uh, don't have that creative skills? Or do you find that there are people who have creative skills who that you maybe push them toward this this idea of creating product design? Like, how do you approach this idea that because it seems like creating that thing, that tangible thing, um, y- you know, I don't know if it's necessarily more valuable, but it seems like it's it's something that could could you could find more success at because it, it would help you stand out. So how do you sort of suss all that stuff out? So, I, I mean, I think we're at a juxtaposition.
0: Uh, I, I mentioned earlier the the uh, difference between the skills that are being taught to students and those skills that are needed in the workplace and and. You know, eventually, if you're an animator, an engineer, um, anything, at some point you reach a level of success where you start to manage products, manage people, and or or your career stagnates if you're not able to manage and build or lead. And so those those skills that you have, your core skills and core area, it's simply uh, you know we're trying to find ways to allow students to learn more about their career and build a strategy uh, towards progression as well. So whether you become an entrepreneur, a manager, or uh, uh, you know uh, just uh, overall want to build new things and lead things,
1: th- this is the pathway to do so. I kind of feel like I already know this answer to this question, but I want to ask you anyway, because I feel like you probably have an interesting take on it, which is what sort of space is there for the development of the digital media landscape in Connecticut? How far away are we reaching or how far away are we from reaching, you know, saturation? Like how much more, uh, because it seems like at least in some spaces, like, you know, I come from the journalism background and I recall when I worked in Darien that there were two specific online news sites that cover Darien in addition to the two newspapers. So there are four media companies in little old Darien covering Darien, Connecticut. So, I mean, that specific market seems saturated, but, you know, I, so, and on one hand, I see it feel like there's some oversaturation, at least in in some markets within journalism. But then on the other hand, it seems like there's a real need for more journalism, like specifically in Bridgeport, which has, you know, one newspaper, but just generally, can you speak to the the demand? Like, do you feel like there's a lot of space for growth or is it um Depend on you know what we're talking about here what's, what's your take on on the need for more people to get into create businesses in digital media in Connecticut?
0: Digital media has a, essentially an unlimited uh, growth curve because your scale and scope is what defines you. You can build companies like ESPN, which are global powers that's gonna look entirely different than what a small uh, three-person shop in in um, in Farmington would look like right, and they're just down the road, but they're doing totally different things. Uh, you know, we see companies like Barstool Sports go from being a place where you talk about gambling on the web to being a major merchandise producer now owned by and with a a casino company, right? And and developing their own set of uh, pieces. They probably employ somewhere in the area of 500 to, to 700 people at this point. I I I don't think you can say, oh, it's saturated or not saturated, because if you're following the entrepreneurial process, you're going to look for new markets and look for new growth in different areas anyway. Also, you know, from from the media perspective, just being the location being near New York City, that's how ESPN ended exactly where where it did. It was near the the airports in New York City, but outside of the the, the noise and, ra- and radio pollution of New York City and Boston, right? It's like there's a really sweet spot there. So, you know, you, you find some of that in Connecticut and, and how much
1: talent can we produce is ultimately the question. Mm. So I want to ask you one more thing, and that is for listeners who really want to start a business, what sort of resources are out there if they want to start a business in Connecticut? Where should they start? So I
0: I think the number one thing they should do is try to sell that uh, product way before it's made. Um, If someone's willing to buy it, uh, you know, minimally uh, viable, you just go sell it, sell it, sell it. Once you find something someone will pay for, you've probably stumbled across a market need. Uh, that's much more advantageous than sitting in uh, a basement for six months trying to build something perfectly uh, and and with perfect design, perfect features, all, all of that. Once you get past actually starting to sell that product, um, you know, there's there's a, there's a there's any any manner of resources you're going to be able to find mentorship, you're going to be able to find funding, you know, through different avenues, uh, small business development. And in Connecticut. Patty Marr uh, out of Stanford is, is really great for helping scalable technology grow. Um, Connecticut Innovations has been one of the biggest investors in the United States. Um, there's uh, a there's a couple different venture capital firms located in New Haven and, and through Fairfield County as well. Um, Hartford, really heavy uh, support and mentorship around insure tech around digital health uh, with, with Hartford HealthCare really leading the pack in growing that out as well. Um, these are spaces that you don't necessarily think about the role of the designer or the digital media executive in, but uh, inbound marketing reliant on content creation, right? And that's how you sell today. Look at a company like Lemonade, uh, look at how they've impacted the insurance industry. And they couldn't have done it without a really robust set of content uh, marketing and digital media behind them, so that there, these are there's no, it doesn't. Digital media isn't just a digital media company on entrepreneurship side. Every entrepreneurial company today that's looking at being digital first needs a robust digital media group building content and uh, understanding the
1: the conversion to market and sales. Right. Such a good point. So David, let's talk a little bit about freelancing, because I imagine for a lot of people in the digital media space, that is one of the ways they sort of begin. How do you think they can transition from being a freelancer to actually doing a little bit more?
0: yeah so so that's a great question what we see with the gig economy is that people want the freedom to be able to work uh especially on the creative side right they want to work on the projects they want to work on they want to work when they want to work and where they want to work so freelancing has tended to be a great way for creatives to be able to build their reputation build their portfolio and, and maintain that freedom we also see a conversion As freelancers grow, they start to look at agency models. And when we see agency models grow up, they start to become things like Rebel Interactive, they become like uh, digital surgeons again, uh, MindTrust, and they start to help the overall ecosystem by building the products they need both for big companies where they tend to make their 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 higher margin and for entrepreneurial firms which is really uh, in their world client development right trying to trying to help an entrepreneur become big enough to drive real heavy duty growth so that pathway is interesting because you start to learn all the things you need to know as a freelancer you become, uh, you, you know, you, you form LLCs, you form legal entities, taxes, uh, you start to see, oh, I need a little bit of expertise that I don't have. So you start to hire someone else to be able to drive that. And as you learn that, you become more comfortable in your own skin as an entrepreneur or a self-employed individual. Um, that that We call that uh, escalation of commitment. And we, we see that all the time. Also, the freelance aspect allows you to test different areas and see what's really interesting to you. So there's a high demand for for those individuals, uh, both in the industry, uh, wanting to hire them, but also for students in creative positions moving up.
1: So that's probably great advice for anyone just emerging from uh, academia with their degree. You know, if you don't want to go out there and seek venture capital, start a big company or even a little company, just, you know, try it on your own for a couple of years. And then eventually, by the time you hit that 32 to 42 sweet spot, maybe by that time, you'll be ready to, to make it bigger.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, the, what what we tend to see is is the movement from freelance to agency to different products to back to freelance, right? And and then consulting, and you become part of a really rich ecosystem. And and once you develop that, you go back to the some of the questions we discussed earlier. Is it oversaturated? The larger the ecosystem, the
1: more saturation it can actually hold. Awesome. All right, David, I think that's a good place for us to wrap up. Thanks so much for your time. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Select CT is a podcast production of Digital Media CT in partnership with Quinnipiac University, the University of Connecticut, and the Connecticut Office of Film, Television, and Digital Media. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Digital Media CT. That's digitalmedia underscore CT. Tell us what you think about our show. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow me on Twitter at SavingEJ. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and other apps. If you want to learn more about the digital media landscape in Connecticut, visit DigitalMediaCT.com. The producer of Select CT is Justin Matley. Matt Warwood is our executive producer. Our marketing coordinator is Marvin Lewis. I'm David Roche. Thanks so much for listening. Now get out there and make some media.
0: CT.